Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. It's interesting, when Jesus resurrected, he revealed himself to his disciples on three Sundays straight. You think about it. You will have thought that you will have done it on the Jewish Sabbath, which begins on Friday and ends on Saturday because they were all Jews. But he waited until the Sabbath was over to reveal himself to them. Why? Because he wanted to let them to know there's a new day. There's a new covenant. There's a new total complete day on which we are to uh, serve the Lord, worship the Lord, praise the Lord. Of course, <clears throat> it is said that whatever day you choose is fine. But my point is, is that it's interesting that for three consecutive Sundays, he showed himself to his disciples. And remember the first time uh, it happened when Thomas wasn't there and when he showed up, uh, he uh, talked to them again. The second time. So all I'm saying is that Sunday is a great day for us as believers. And, and when we come together on Sunday, we start, we say we are beginning our week. In fact, I don't know, I'm going to go there. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I think, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. It now concerning the collection for the saints as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye, next, upon the first day of the week. Upon the first, and so Sunday is really the first day of the week. It's not Monday when, when you go to work. Sunday to, is the first day, because the Jewish people, uh, the, the, the day ends, I mean the week ends on Sabbath. Christians, our week begins on Sunday. So Sunday is important. So when you start your day with the Lord, your week with the Lord, you're telling him the rest of the week is all his. Praise the Lord. What you do with first will determine what you do with the rest. So Sunday is very important uh, to all of us. And so for those who are tuned in, logged in, and those who are here, uh, God bless you all for showing up the first Sunday of the year to let the Lord know that he is first in your life. Oh, praise the Lord. I didn't know I was going to say all that, but praise be to God anyway. <laughs> now, the message this morning <clears throat> is the prophetic word we got on New Year's Eve about trust in the grace of God. Trust in the grace of God. This year, we got to trust in the grace of God. So what does that mean to trust? What does that mean? To trust, and I got the Hebrew word for it. It says bata, B-A-T-A-H, bata, in Hebrew trust. It means simply to confide in so as to be secure without fear. To confide in or have confidence in someone, not in yourself, but in someone who can take hold of your confidence in them. And we know that that one is, is the Lord himself. And so to trust means to confide in, have confidence in the Lord, so as to be secure without fear. And so whenever you sense fear in your presence, in your environment, in the atmosphere, whenever you sense fear with you, know that you are not totally trusting the Lord the way you're supposed to, because he says if you trust him, then you will be secure, you will be anchored down, the famous Vanable uh, model, anchor down, but, but, but you'll be anchored down so that the, you'll be without fear. Now, the, the, there are those who trust in riches or trust in themselves, 
trust in their intellect, trust in their beauty, trust in other people, trust in everything else, but rather trust in God. But for us as believers, our trust must and should be in the Lord. Because when we say that we trust the Lord, we say that we are so secured, confidently secured in him to the extent which that we have no fear. Why? Because to trust him means that we lean totally and completely on him. To trust him says that we depend totally and completely on him. That's what it means when we trust the Lord. Do you trust God? If you trust him, then you should have no fear. No matter what the virus is saying, no matter what others might be doing, no matter what is going on on your job, no matter what is happening, so long as you say you trust in the Lord, in this case trust in the grace of God, then you should know that you have that confidence that you are secured in him to the degree, to the degree that there's no fear whatsoever. Now, go with me to uh, the book of uh, Luke chapter 12. And you will see that there, the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to that to some degree. And it helps us to understand what is wrong if we do decide to trust in someone or to trust in riches. In Luke chapter 12, uh, let's start from verse 13. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Hmm. Let's Listen to the response that Jesus gave. Man, who made me a judge or a divider <laughs> over you? The reason, well, I'll get to that. Next verse. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Then he goes on, next, and he spoke to them a parable. Don't forget, a parable is a natural illustration or a natural story to reveal a spiritual principle. Okay? And so he's about to give a story, but... (coughs) It's not really even a story when in the Bible you read where it says certain. It means that that very thing happened. So the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, next verse, and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits or my harvest. Next And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Next. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Next, but God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Now, I think the point that Jesus was making here is that People who, uh, let me read verse 21 and then I'll say, go to verse 21, the next verse. It says that, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. 
So we're going to find out what it means to be rich toward God. And I submit to you, the way you are rich toward God is when you trust him. The way you are rich toward God is when you have confidence in him to the extent that you are so secure and that you are not afraid of anything. This man, this certain man, this story that I just shared with you that Jesus told 2,000 years ago was about a man who got so much in terms of a harvest that he didn't think first about God, nor did he think about people. He only thought about himself. A life lived unto oneself is a life lived in sorrow. Because in this instance, it is saying that this man, upon his death, where will the things that he had gathered up? Where will they go? Because he thought that he was going to live long enough to be merry and enjoy everything that he had. He was not rich toward God. If he had been rich toward God and had confidence in God, God could have told him what to do with, with the fruits, with the harvest, with the money. Amen. But he didn't. And there are people, even in the church sometimes, that will forget Amen. that to be rich toward God is to, be, is to trust him. So the message this morning is being rich toward God by trusting in God's grace. Trusting in God's grace. Now, in studying grace, and the definition of grace simply means unmerited, undeserved favor. Unmerited, undeserved favor. Now, it's interesting that when you begin the, in the Bible, that God spoke about doing something, giving something, when the thing he gave, that thing, the recipient of it, didn't have anything to do with it. When you don't have to do anything to get something, that is favor. Amen. That is grace. Amen. Do you know you have two types of life? You have the life that all living things have. We call it in Greek is bio or biology. That's what the study of biology, the study of life. And that biology is different from the life of God. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the Word of Life, changes lives.
Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. So there is in plants, in grass, in trees, in fishes, in all the animals, there's life in them. That life is different from the life in man. And all of us got this life for free. We just sang the song, the breath in our lungs came from him. You see this? That is great. So you begin the Bible, the reading of the Bible, the beginning of it is grace. And then I found out in preparing for this message that the last verse in the Bible is also about grace. Let's look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, I think. Revelation 22, verse 21. This is the last verse. The very last verse in the Bible. So you begin with this and you end with this. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So be it. So we're going to talk about this grace and the importance of trusting in this grace. Come with me to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 13. And let's look at verse 9. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9. I want you it says, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. What would be an example of a strange doctrine? A strange doctrine would be a doctrine, for example, that says that you don't have to... Uh, speak in tongues because when the last apostle died, that also ended. You don't have to believe in healing because when the last apostle died, healing also ended. That's a strange doctrine. A strange doctrine that will say that you don't have to pay tithes because tithes was under the law and we are not under the law. That's a strange doctrine. A strange doctrine would be that if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you either. It's a strange doctrine. Because if you come into the New Testament on the New Covenant, the Bible says God has already forgiven you. And so because you have been forgiven, you go forgive somebody else. You follow this? That's a strange doctrine. So so it's a be not carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. And there's plenty of that in the body of Christ. Like they say where you shouldn't eat meat. That's a strange doctrine. Now, if you don't want to eat meat, that's fine. But don't make it a doctrine. Hello? Some of us like it. Hello? And we know we're going to heaven, and we're already in heaven. We, an African man loves meat. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a strange doctrine. And some people believe in that, and, and they look into it, and that's all it's about with them. So you have to watch it. When you hear something that goes contrary to the new covenant life of liberty, the Bible is where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Anything that puts you in bondage, that's religion. Religion is simply a return to bondage. And we are in a relationship in Christianity, not in a, in a, with a religion. So, but anyway, it says, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. And it's a, if God says it's a good thing, I'm going to talk to you this morning about a good thing. Hello, it's a good thing for your heart, your spirit man, which is really you, to be established with grace. And so you have to have confidence in or confide in this Lord, this grace, and also to be so secure, so established, that you have no fear. Because fear will torment you. 
The Bible says, you know, the fear is torment. To fear will bring you to bondage. You got to watch it. Now, it's interesting. A lot of times, God does things. Well, let's finish this. For it is good thing that the heart be established with grace. Not with meats. You see that? Which have not prevented them that have been occupied therein. All right, so let's look at this here. God does things that you think he's doing them for us, and he is. But then I like it when he says he does it for himself. So this grace that he wants you to trust in, he's doing that for himself. Let me show you something. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 43. Verse 25, whenever I'm teaching a message for the first time, I spend time with introduction so we all will be on the same page. It says, I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgressions. Can you, can you read that with me for my what? Can you believe that? Now, you, you, God, you ask God for forgiveness, to forgive you of your sins, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and say, you're so happy and so excited. Hello? And God is saying, I'm doing it for my own sake. What kind of God? We, we sang the song, Great Are You, Lord. That's why I love our praise and worship. We sing songs that are in line with the Bible. We're building our faith even as we're praising and worshiping God. Here it is, it says this, that, that he blots out our transgressions for his own sake. Do you know why? He does that because sin is an impediment, a barrier, a wall, a partition that separates God from us. That's what sin does. Sin separates God from man. And so God says that I'm going to take care of this matter. I'm going to take care of it for my own sake. Because I don't want any petition, any separation between you and me. How great God is. He, he, he loves you so much that he paid the price to remove the wall that existed between you and him. That's why if you are sin conscious, you are keeping God from loving you, fellowshipping with you, because you don't think you deserve to be around him. So he, he solved that problem once and for all. He says, every sin that you committed yesterday, you're committing now and tomorrow. I've forgiven all of that. I've blooded all of that for my own sake. So there will be no separation between you and I for us to have a wonderful fellowship and communion between us. That's God. You know why? Because when we were under biology, it's a different story. When we had a life like the life that we're in animals and plants because we were not saved. We had that life. But when we got saved and we got born again, we came to have the Zoe life. And that Zoe life makes God wants to fellowship with that life. And so it says, I'm going to blot out every sin. I'm not even, I like what Kenny Copeland says. He says, grace is God treating us as if we never sinned. Because that's the only way he can fellowship with us at any given moment. And any, because if you thought that you had to clear up your sin before he can fellowship with God, that means now there's nothing that should keep you from coming to God. Nothing. He wants you to come to him. Jesus said this, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and what is and labor and heavy laden, I'll give you, I'll give you rest. That's what God wants. And, and in Hebrews he said that, 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 that there is rest for the people of God. 
So we are the people of God that's rest. You know, rest means, rest means that somebody has done the work and you are resting in the work that they did. Oh, praise the Lord. Look at in Psalms chapter 23. You all know this. I think it's verse 4. Verse 3. Let's go to Psalm 23, verse 3. It says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Did you hear this? He leads you in the paths of right. When I saw that, the names, his name say, his, I said, look at this thing is so cool. This thing is so, I mean, it, 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 he is doing all of this for his name's sake. So come follow me. In the paths of righteousness. Not for you, for my name's sake. Oh, glory be to God. Ain't God good? And if you think about that, that's what grace is. Grace is God doing everything for you so that you can just come along and enjoy it. Come and enjoy. Because I said to you, uh, I think it was in the last Sunday or watching our service, I said that during the time that when Jesus came, he came to give us only one name for God. Only the Hebrew Judaism religion, they were given many names. In fact, we have preached those names here many times and went through each one of them. Jehovah Tzikino, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rohi. We'll talk all of that. When you talk to, read about Jesus' account in the Gospels, there's nowhere he brings any of them up. All he talks about is the Father. All he talks about is the Father. Because he wants you to know it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To the degree that he's come to give us the keys to the kingdom. And that brings me back to what we read earlier when the man went to Jesus and asked him for an inheritance. Come and help my, my family divide the inheritance. And he, he said, to who made me a divider over you? What he was trying to get him to see, let God be that whom you inherit. Forget about the, the possessions of this world. No, we need them. I, you know, we all want to live good and all that. That's fine. But the most important thing, it's an interesting thing here. If you read uh, um, Genesis chapter 25, we don't have time to go there. It talks about how Abraham gave gifts to his six sons with Keturah and sent them away into the east country, they say. This I believe are the Arabs that live in, in parts like Saudi Arabia and other places, sent them over there. But to his son Isaac, he gave him all that he had. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the Word of Life, changes lives.
Welcome to this Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. What God wants is you to know is that the world is going for gifts, but he wants you to have him. For his name's sake, you want, he wants you to inherit. He told the, the, the Levites, as uh, he told uh, Joshua, divide the land among the 12 tribes. Give 11 tribes the land. Don't give the Levites any land. You think about it. So don't give them any land. He says that I will be their inheritance. And the Levites, they were the priests, right? You know that? But guess what? The Bible says God has made you priests and kings unto him. So you inherit him. And if you inherit God, how, how are you going to be wondering where, where is your money going to come from? When God is your father and he has cattle over a thousand hills, God is your father and you inherit him. Even this God who makes even the sun shine on the wicked, makes the rain come down on the wicked. If he does that for you, what about his own children? We have to come to the conclusion that we serve a God that wants the best for him. The first thing he wants is fellowship. Imagine when he created Adam, he will go into the Garden of Eden. He will leave heaven. He will leave heaven. I'm sure the angels were wondering, why are you leaving heaven? He will leave heaven and go into the garden. And the Bible says, fellowship, commune with Adam in the cool of the day. Why? Because at that time, Adam had the glory on him that was also in the Father. It's like a, like a magnet that draws, drew them together. And the same magnet is in you today. Amen. The Holy Spirit that draws you to God and God is drawn to you. Praise the Lord. And so, did, was Adam ever in need? No. What got Adam was wrong doctrine. That's why you had to watch doctrine. What got him was that because uh, when Satan came and got Eve deceived and Adam went along, they then lost what it is that God had given them. They thought, and this is the thing that you have to watch, they thought God did not love them to tell them the truth that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that tree will make them like God. When they were already like God, because they didn't believe it, they believed another gospel. Amen. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that I call you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. What is wrong with you? That why can't you trust in the grace of Christ, in the grace of God, and you moved into another gospel? In fact, let's look at this in the New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation, I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. Who call you to himself? You see that? Through the love and mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. That's what Adam did. Adam followed and Eve a different way that pretends, pretended to be the good news. Because they thought that if they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they would then become like God. When they were already like God, they hardly they turned so soon away from the grace of Christ. Because what they had done was grace. Adam had grace. Abraham had grace. The children of Israel in Egypt had grace. Even in the wilderness they had grace until the law was given. 
So you read the Bible from Genesis all the way until the law was given. People lived under grace. And as I said, you end the last verse in the Bible with grace. All for his name's sake. Next verse. It says, but it's not the good news at all. What they thought. So you are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Next. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, that's Paul speaking here, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. A different kind of good news. That means there's only one way. Next verse. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Next. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I will not be Christ's servant. That should be all of us. Verse 11, that's the next one. I will end with this. So, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. So when you come to trust in the grace of God, you have to take, put aside human reasoning. Because human reason may make you not fully embrace and welcome this message of grace. Because, you know, there's a certain aspect in humans, all of us, that we want to work for something. We want to uh, be able to declare that we have done something to deserve what we got. And God is saying that I'm doing this for my name's sake. And my name's sake is I'm your father and I want to take care of you. And you are my children and I want to take care of you. And all I want you to do is to trust in this grace. Because if you do that, you will be established. Your heart will be established to know that there's someone, you know, uh, uh, those, uh, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Well, anyway, you, you know this. You know, when a woman becomes a mistress to a, a married man, they, they say that the woman is being taken care of, right? Yeah? Uh, that's a lie. That's right. <laughs> That's a lie. She wanted to make sure that I knew that. That was a lie. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, that's right. yeah I, I agree with you on that. Now, so the, but the, the point I'm making is just that, that if it, 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 it well, that's what they call them, sugar daddies, and the sugar daddy. Uh, and, 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 and he produ- he gives everything to this woman. She doesn't have to do anything. Like the wife at home. Who cooks and cleans and washes his dirty underwear and all that? We are the kept ones. Hello, we are the kept ones, but we don't do this because we are committing an uh, an act. No, he is doing it for his namesake. He wants us to know that he loves us so much. He wants to take care of us. Oh my God in me! I said God is good to us. Oh, praise the Lord. It gets even better. Come along here. So we, we, I just want you to see the importance of you knowing that when the, the foundation as a believer to a victorious life, the foundation to it is grace. The foundation to a victorious life for a believer is grace. You have to have that foundation. You have to have that wonderful uh, underpinning to your life, to your lifestyle, and it should be grace. Knowing this will determine how effective your life will be. When you know this, when you accept grace, when you trust in the grace of God, that's when a believer's life becomes effective. Because it's not based upon 
what you do, it is based upon what he has done and what you have received. That's why we talk about the finished works of Jesus, what he has done and what you have received. This year, there will be instances where you enter into an arena and you're wondering what is going to happen. Where this is the time to trust in the grace of God, to trust in the favor of God, trust that favor will show up. The Bible says in, in, in Genesis chapter 6 verse 9, that Noah found grace in the sight of God. In Ruth chapter 2 verse 2, the Bible says, Ruth said, let, let's look at that one. That's very interesting. That this favor, don't think only you have a favor with God, but also favor with man. God will make you have favor with man just like you have favor with him. In Ruth chapter 2, verse 2, it says, uh, this is, it says, and Ruth the Moabites said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean years of corn unto him in whose sight I shall find grace. Now, imagine going out in the morning, going to work, stepping, and said, Lord, when I step out there, <laughs> let someone find me in their sight that I found grace with them. That's what this woman said to her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law said, go, my daughter. If the mother-in-law said it, God will say the same thing to you. You are asking that when you step out there, that you'll find grace in the sight of man. Let, let me prove this to you. Go to the book of Luke. We were there earlier. And this is what it said, even about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says that uh, in verse 52, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So it's okay to believe God as part of the grace message that not only do you have favor with God, but you also have favor with man. That's how we're going to live our life this year. You see, this is, I like this, I said this to you, a lifetime of favor is greater than a lifetime of labor. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Thank you all for listening to uh, this program this morning, and I hope it was a blessing to you. And now, uh, I want, for those of you who have never had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, uh, that you pray this simple prayer with me. I say that, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Thank you for using your blood to wash away all of my sins of yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever, so the Father in heaven can accept me and take me as his child. And I declare because I believe that you are the Lord and the Savior that I am now born again child of God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding, for the word of life changes lives.
Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. One day, one time of favor is going to beat all the work that you've done. If you find favor with a man, you know, God enables a man to extend favor to you. That is going to change your life. It changed Ruth's life. She went out there. Do you know the person that she found favor in their side? Boaz. And you know the story about that. Boaz eventually married her. So it wasn't only going to get some food. She got the ring to go with it. <laughs> Put the ring on it. She really got a ring on it. Praise the Lord. And not only that, and not only that, she became an ancestor to Jesus. A favor with a man. Brought her. Now, the Bible has said, don't allow a Moabite to enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to the tenth generations. But this woman was an exception. Grace made her an exception. Are you going to be here? And so when you are moving around on the job, in the neighborhood, with relatives, with friends, whomever, there's always grace who always make an exception to the rule for you. She entered into the pedigree of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, even though as a Moabites, she wasn't supposed to be part of the congregation of Israel, but she was. This all because of what? Grace. Are you here? So it's important for us to know that. Now, so this is what we need to do. Seeing yourself as God sees you, is grace. Seeing yourself as God sees you is grace. Don't see yourself as you see yourself. Did you get me? Don't see yourself as you see yourself. See yourself as God sees you. When you see yourself as God sees you, then you can understand that he is doing all of this for his name's sake. The problem we have is that we see ourselves as lacking something, as missing something, as not having something, that we make comparisons between us and others. And I like what my man of God says, that anybody who compares himself or herself to someone else immediately loses. You can't compare yourself to him because you were made a unique, exceptional person. You are the only person on the face of this earth like you are. And your father God made you like you are, praise the Lord. With all the frailties and, and the weaknesses and the problems that you may have, God made you that way, praise the Lord. For a reason. For his pleasure, for his purposes. Look at what the scripture says in the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, uh, verse 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. So thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, including us. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. So wherever you are, God created you to be there for his pleasure. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand what it is because we would like to be like somebody else. Because we're seeing things with our eyes, not seeing them with God's eyes. And so grace helps you to see yourself as God sees you. Again, grace also helps you to see yourself as you as as is declared in the word of God. You see yourself as God sees you, and you see yourself as it is declared in the word of God. So whatever the word of God says about you is who you are. 
You have to see yourself that way. And sometimes it's difficult to see yourself that way because it doesn't seem to match what God sees you to be. So the question is, which one would you like? Do you like to see yourself the way you see yourself? Or do you like to see yourself the way the word of God says you are? But if I look at myself the way the word of God says I am, then this is grace. Because there's no question that uh, if I look at myself, I'll find some things that are wrong with me. All of us got issues. All of us have weaknesses. All of us don't do everything right. And that's why Satan wants us to concentrate on those things so that we don't act in ways that will bring pleasure and joy into our lives. Because if you're looking at the things that are missing, things that are not yet there, if you look at those things, you don't enjoy life. You want a new car, you believe God for it, it hasn't come yet, so you're not happy. Enjoy the one you're driving. If you want a new house and you're wondering, you know, you prayed about it, it hasn't, enjoy the one that you have now. Hello? Oh, the husband that you with, no, we'll leave you there. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Oh, the wife that you with, oh, how about that? <laughs> Remember the song, Love the One You With? <laughs> Love the One You With? All right. Oh, praise the Lord. I want to make one more point and then we'll pick up from here next week. Praise the Lord. Remember, God does all of this by his love. And his love is not comparable to any other. He does all of this that I've just shared with you in this grace because of his love. And there's no comparison that you can make about God's love. And so there are three things that I'll pick it up next week. They tell me my time is up. But the, 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 uh, and so let me say this and we'll pick up from here next week. Grace enables you to live every day knowing God loves you. Grace enables you. Why must I trust in God's grace because trusting in God's grace enables me to live every day knowing God loves me. Why must I trust in God's grace, have confidence in, and be secure without fear? Is because when I do that, I'm saying that I'm living every day knowing that God loves me. The children of Israel didn't make it to the promised land, those 20 years and older, because they didn't think God loved them. For us, it's not a land per se. Our promised land are the promises of God. And listen to what God says about his promises to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Let's look at verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him so be it unto the glory of God. You see that? Even that is unto the glory of God. To his name's sake, by us. So, what we have to do is that you have to believe that God loves you. That's why he has made those promises to you. And he is faithful. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. It says, faithful is he that called you who also will what? Do it. It didn't say it is you who will do it. Did you get it? Amen. It didn't say it is you who would do it. It's not you that's going to get a promotion. It's not you that you're going to get healed. It's not you that you're going to get the things. It is going to be him. He 
is the one who will what? Do it. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we are not human doings. We are human beings. The more you know how you be, the more you are going to enjoy the promises of God. The more you want to do, the less you... Now, there's a place, and in this series, I'll talk to you about it. There's a place where we do works. But the works that we do are not the works that you think. We're going to spend some time on that. Because sometimes people say, well, if that's the case, then I don't have to do anything. No, that's something that we have to do. Such as sharing Christ. Such as telling people about a church we go to and inviting people to come to church so they can hear the messages that you're hearing. Such as walking in love towards all people, no matter what is it that they do to you. Are you listening to me? Such as living a forgiving life. Always ready to forgive. Such as not walking in offense. Those are all good works that we do. And we have to, we'll talk about that in this series. But right now, it's important to know that for his name's sake, he will do everything that he promised you because he loves you. May God bless you. Praise the Lord. Well, you blessed. Stand up to your feet. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for... Uh listen to this program uh, this morning and we want to thank all of you who are regular um, ones that uh, check us out every morning and we believe that uh, we are being a blessing but certainly let us hear from you every once in a while that you enjoy what you are hearing uh, but there may be some of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and so let me say a little bit about this uh, wonderful Lord, wonderful Savior, and that he came to this earth with one purpose. He said himself, he came to seek and to save the lost. And anyone who has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is a lost person. And you may be doing right in life. You may have all the money, all the fame, all the popularity, but if you never had an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are lost. In fact, Jesus at one point said also, what does it profit a man uh, to uh, have the whole world, uh, to, to possess the whole world and lose his own soul? It tells me that a soul, one soul, is greater and more valuable than everything else in this world. So if you have never had a chance to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that he came and shed his blood to wash away your sins and mine. And the only way God can receive you in heaven if you were to die is for you to have this blood wash away every sin. And therefore, let me encourage you this morning and pray this prayer with me and say this with me. Say, Jesus, I accept you and receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And thank you for using your blood to wash away my sins. I declare today that you are my Lord, my Savior, take my life, use it, and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding, for the word of life changes lives.